Good morning and welcome to Overeaters Anonymous, a vision for you big book study. My name is Lynn S. and I am a recovered compulsive overeater from Toronto, Canada. Today is Thursday, May the 24th. Today we are reading from the big book and we are at page 62, the third paragraph. This is the how and why through two paragraphs ending with we were reborn and commenting on all two paragraphs. The reference numbers for yesterday, Wednesday, May the 23rd, the 7 a.m. meeting is 11446, and the 10 a.m. meeting is 11448. Overeaters Anonymous is a fellowship of individuals who, through shared experience, strength, and hope, are recovering from compulsive overeating. We welcome everyone who wants to stop eating compulsively. There are no dues or fees for members. We are self-supporting through our own contributions, neither soliciting nor accepting outside donations. OA is not affiliated with any public or private organization, political movement, ideology, or religious doctrine. We take no position on outside issues. Our primary purpose is to abstain from compulsive eating and compulsive food behaviors and to carry the message of recovery through the 12 steps of OA to those who still suffer. Our sole purpose. OA's fifth tradition states, each group has but one primary purpose, to carry its message to the compulsive reader who still suffers. At a Vision for You Big Book study, our message is that people who suffer from compulsive overeating can recover through abstinence and the practice of the 12 steps and 12 traditions of Overeaters Anonymous. I will now ask Lori W. to read the 12 steps. Lori W. Good morning. I'm here. Good morning. Thank you for your service. Um, Good morning, my uh, spiritual siblings, this is Lori W., Recovering Compulsive Overeater in Atlanta, Georgia, and these are our 12 steps. One, we admitted we were powerless over food, that our lives had become unmanageable. Two, came to believe that a power greater than ourselves could restore us to sanity. Three, made a decision to turn our will and our lives over to the care of God as we understood him. Four, made a searching and fearless moral inventory of ourselves. Five, admitted to God, to ourselves, and to another human being the exact nature of our wrongs. Six, we're entirely ready to have God remove all these defects of character. Seven, humbly asked him to remove our shortcomings. Eight, made a list of all persons we had harmed and became willing to make amends to them all. Nine, make direct amends to such people wherever possible, except when to do so would injure them or others. Ten, continue to take personal inventory, and when we were wrong, promptly admitted it. Eleven, sought through prayer and meditation to improve our conscious contact with God as we understood him, praying only for knowledge of his will for us and the power to carry that out. Twelve, having had a spiritual awakening as a result of these steps, we tried to carry this message to compulsive overeaters and to practice these principles in all our affairs. 
Thank you for allowing me to do service this morning, and I pass. Thank you, Lori W. And now Melissa C.K. will read the 12 traditions. Good morning, Lynn. Good morning, fellow visionaries. My name is Melissa C.K., and I am a recovered compulsive overeater in Chattanooga, Tennessee. The 12 traditions. One, our common welfare should come first. Personal recovery depends upon OA unity. Two, for our group purpose, there is but one ultimate authority, a loving God as he may express himself in our group conscience. Our leaders are but trusted servants. They do not govern. Three, the only requirement for OA membership is a desire to stop eating compulsively. Four, each group should be autonomous except in matters affecting others or OA as a whole. Five, each group has but one primary purpose, to carry its message to the compulsive overeater who still suffers. Six, an OA group ought never endorse, finance, or lend the OA name to any related facility or outside enterprise, lest problems of money, property, and prestige divert us from our primary purpose. Seven, every OA group ought to be fully self-supporting, declining outside contributions. Eight, Overeaters Anonymous should remain forever non-professional, but our service centers may employ special workers. Nine, OA as such ought never be organized, but we may create service boards or committees directly responsible to those they serve. Ten, Overeaters Anonymous has no opinion on outside issues, hence the OA name ought never be drawn into public controversy. Eleven, our public relations policy is based on attraction rather than promotion. We need always maintain personal anonymity at the level of press, radio, films, television, and other public media of communication. And twelve, anonymity is the spiritual foundation of all these traditions, ever reminding us to place principles before personalities. Thanks for allowing me to do service. I pass. Thank you. Thank you, Melissa C.K. How our meeting works. Our meeting focuses on the directions for recovery described in the big book of Alcoholics Anonymous. We read a paragraph or two from the literature, then stop and share on what was read. Anyone can share, but we ask that you keep your sharing to the topic and literature we are discussing and that you keep your share to approximately three minutes. Singleness of purpose reminds us to identify as compulsive overeaters only. Our abstinence requirement for moderators is one year, and for readers is six months. There is no abstinence requirement for sharing on topic. This meeting does request that your sharing be directly linked to what was read. We are sharing what the directions in the big book mean to us. To share, press star 1 to unmute. Once you are done sharing, let us know by saying pass, then press star 1 to mute your phone. In order to have a quiet meeting, everyone's phone except the speakers should be muted. Today we resume our study of the big book on page 62, third paragraph. This is the how and why of it, reading two paragraphs ending with, we were reborn. And I'd like to ask Russ M. if he could start us off, please. Good morning, Lynn. Thank you for your service. Good morning, fellows. It's Russ M., covered compulsive overeater outside of Philly. This is the how and why of it. First of all, we had to quit quit playing God. It didn't work. Next, we decided that hereafter, in in this drama of life, God was going to be our director. He is the principal. 
We are his agents. He's the father, and we are his children. Most good ideas are simple, and this concept was the keystone of the new and triumphant arch through which we passed to freedom. When we sincerely took such a position, all sorts of remarkable things followed. We had a new employer. Being all-powerful, he provided what we needed if we kept close to him and performed his work well. Established on such a footing, we became less and less interested in ourselves, our plans and designs. More and more, we became interested in seeing what we could contribute to life. As we felt new pet. As we felt new power flow in, as we enjoyed peace of mind, as we discovered we could face life successfully, as we became conscious of his presence, we began to lose our fear of today, tomorrow, and the hereafter. We were reborn. Whew. Awesome, right? Ross M., Recover Compulsive Leader Outside of Philly. Um, we had to stop playing God. We had to quit, which is still a battle for me every day. Um, total surrender of my life. Total surrender of every aspect, every, everything in me, you know. See, it, that, that was difficult for me, and I, like I said, I still battle it. For my whole life, I was trying to control life, control the, the whole deal when I didn't know how it worked, you know. You know how, how egotistical and crazy thinking it could be for for me to 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 um, try to control something that I didn't create, and it just led, led to utter ruin for me, and basically all aspects of my life. And once I surrendered, and I, I surrender every day, I see things working out. May not be the way I want it. May not always make me happy or give me what I want or have my way, but it works out. And I learned something from it, and I'm taught, and I'm growing. And basically basically what I'm, what I'm learning through this whole deal is that it's a, I can trust God. I can trust him. He, ha, he has my best interest for me. You know, I think of my children. I look at my kids. I, you know, the five kids I have, I want the best for them. I want to see them be safe, protected, do well, provided for. And that's how God looks at me and the rest of us. So why shouldn't I trust him? You know, it's, it's, it's a whole, the, the, the spiritual way of life is just a whole different perspective on how to live, you know. The world tells us money, power, uh, prestige, get what you want out of it. Whereas the spiritual life says, what can I do for someone else? How can I serve others? There's a blessing in that. And when we live that way, we're living like, living like God. You know, just the way God wants us to be. So, we gotta stop playing God. And I gotta work at that every day. So, thank you for letting me share, and thanks for this opportunity. I'll pass. Thank you, Russ M. The floor is now opening for sharing on what we just read. Please say your name just once, as it helps me hear everyone. Who would like to share? Jen F. M. Jen A. Larry K. Helen Jean L. Melissa C. Jan S. Okay, let me tell you who I got right now. I have Janice M. 
Jan A, Larry K, Melissa C, and Jan S. Harlan, did I hear you in there? Yes. Kim G. Okay. So I've got Harlan and Kim G. Okay, that's good for our beginning lineup. So let's start with that. I have Janice M, Jan A, Larry K, Melissa C, Jan S, Harlan G, and Kim G. Janice M, could you start us off, please? Yes, certainly. <clears throat> Thank you so much. I'm saying Janice M because that was a request from a dear friend, so I'm doing that this morning. Um, my name is Janice M, and um, I'm a grateful recovered compulsive overeater. Okay. Now, we just learned um, that I have to overcome self-will. Well, how can I overcome my own self-will if my <laughs> if my mind is sick? Well, this is where it's all at. I have to turn my will over <clears throat> to God, it says, to, you know, and I could never do that before because I was the one always in charge. There was no room for a higher power because I was it, you know. I was obsessed with myself. So, um, and, and my self-reliance didn't work. If you could please time me also, please. Um, it, it was so confusing here. How You know, how, how would I do this? How would I do this? And uh, this, is, this is what... I had so much pride, and, you know, my profession was I was a director of a business, and uh, I thought it was an asset. <laughs> I really did. But when it came to my own life and the people around me, it was a liability, of course. So what am I going to do? I need to trust something. I had to trust someone. And um, this tells us what to do here. It tells us um, how to turn to, to a God, to let him be the director let him do his job. I can't direct the the seas. The I can't I can't direct my food. I, I couldn't. I, evidence shows that I couldn't. I couldn't direct my my husband. Um, they did just what they wanted to do. And um, sometimes, you know, they asked me. I used to I used to tell my husband. Okay, now he's of course a man, <laughs> an adult. And I used to tell him how how and what to wear. And you know he would. Balk, balk at it, and then, but he would do it, and I would give him excuses why he had to look a certain way, and then, you know, as the years went by, he now I'm the one that started the ball rolling uh, with my direction. Now he asks me what to wear, and I don't want to tell him what to wear. I, I'm through with Time that. And I'm through with that. So the okay, the director is going to be the boss. I used to send him on errands, my God. And but no more, and uh, I'll pass because my time is up. Thank you. Thank you, Janice M. Jan A, it's your turn, followed by Larry K. Good morning. This is Jan A, recovered compulsive overeater, anorexic and bulimic from Littleton, Colorado. Thank you for your service. And in this book, the instructions to me are super, super clear. Um, not just the first time I read them, but every single day. My instructions are clear and precise. Um, this is where I have to quit playing God or it's going to kill me. And the why behind it, well, that's pretty simple because um, my track record of playing God has failed me miserably. And uh, so how do I know that I'm playing God? That's the big question. When I think I know what's best for myself and others, that's the big red flag for me. 
And then I have to ask myself, okay, Jen, so what's the solution? And it's pretty simple, for thy will, not mine, to be done. And that means as I pedal my bicycle, I'm going to take my hands off the handlebars, sticking them straight up in the air and surrendering and letting God determine the direction. So lastly, I must stop trying to control um, my actions um, and the results. And so I need to do my part. I need to suit up. I need to show up. And I need to leave the results up to God. Um, you know, I can always hope for certain results, and that's part of my humanness. But anything above that is totally um, me heading in the direction of playing God again. Um, so after I've read and acknowledged these precise directions in the big book of Alcoholics Anonymous, the best part for me is I get to begin my day stepping out the door and playing the role that my directors designed for me. You see, I get to be just Jen. That's the best part. I get to be his agent and perform his work well. And um, I get to serve him and all of his kids. And I get to have a heart full of gratitude because I know that my father, and it's told right here, loves me and that I am his child. And you know what? That's no better place to be. So I'll just stick with that and keep coming back. And with that, I'll pass. Thank you, Jen A. Mary Kay, it's your turn, followed by Melissa C. Good morning. Good morning, Larry Kay. I'm recovered this morning. Thanks for your service. You know, my my ego uh, has its own set of rules. And this ego consciousness, what it does is it tries to convince me that I'm indeed separate from you. And and this self-centered consciousness, what I learned in these paragraphs, is that this my self-centered consciousness embraces separation rather than unity and my self-centered consciousness embraces differences and division, you know, where I only see where I'm, I'm better or different or right rather than, you know, equal and similar and, and lacking judgment. And my self-consciousness, the lens, this ego lens, it molds me, in a way where I seek, but I, I can't find. I can't find. And whereas through these steps and the turning over of my will, this God conscious consciousness lens that I see the world, it molds me in a way where I can find, I can find in the process of seeking through these steps. You know, in and in, in a God conscious state, I'm always uncovering and discarding the old stuff. And in a self-centered state, what I'm doing is I suppress and I, I, you know, I, I struggle to keep what is and, and it's, it's, it's exhausting. And any thought that is not in alignment with my higher power is this huge gargantuan hallucination that I'm engaged in. And so, you know, for me, for example, there was a time that my prevailing actions would have told you if you followed me around, it would have told you a lot about my beliefs surrounding food and a lot of other things, relationships, and my actions would have convinced you that I believed that food, for example, was the only thing that truly mattered. I loved it more than life itself. That's what my actions would have told you. Forget my words. And you had the ability and the true desire to separate from me, separate me from my heroin food substance. And when I, when I was convinced, I, you know, then I engage in these steps 
and then I begin to change. And the fact for me wrapping up here is that the ego mind, the self-centered mind at its core is concerned with repudiating love and repudiating uh, connection to you. And it's mandated to engage in the very thing that's killing me. This is a spiritual program of action. It's nothing more than that. It's a spiritual program of action. It's not a diet club. And with that, I pass. Thanks. Thank you, Larry Kay. Melissa C., it's your turn, followed by Jan S. Hi, good morning, Lynn. Thank you for your service. This is Melissa C., Recovered, Compulsive Overeater in New York. And, you know, some mornings when I read the book, it really feels like the exact words were selected just for me. And and this morning, that is my experience. Um, even just the wording principal, employer, I am, um, you know, I've shared here before, I'm a teacher, and I'm having um, tremendous um, discomfort at work, and, um, and I'm so grateful for these words because, you know, it says clearly who my principal is, who my employer is. First of all, it's not me, um, and it's not a human being. You know, and um, and so all my fears and all my angst um, is because I'm forgetting, like, human beings are not my God. My job is not my God. Um, God is my God. That's the only one. And, um, and I'm just getting tremendous comfort from that. We have, um, you know, at, at work there's the state review and... Um, And people that I'm working with, when we walk in the building, the tension is real. It's real. It's that people are terrified. Um, And and, um, live that way because those same people, they go to the staff room and they binge. You know, they they don't have my allergies because it's fine. You know, and they're all meeting for happy hour on Friday. You can't do that. You know, I must rely on God. And um, and so I'm safe. The fear that I'm feeling, it's, the feeling itself is real, but the data that it's based on is corrupt. You know, just like my hunger, oftentimes I believe it's real, but the data is corrupt. It's not based on reality. It's not a physical hunger. And so the fear that I'm feeling at work, it's not based in reality. I have a relationship to power much greater than my principal at work, much greater than my superintendent. You know, if I live aligned with God's direction for me, um, I, I can have peace. And um, I'm thank, you with that, I'll ta- thank you with that, I'll pass. Thank you, Melissa C. Jan S., it's your turn, followed by Harlan G., Good morning. This is Janice, Recovered Compulsive Reader from St. Augustine, Florida. Thank you for your service this morning. Um, I, I love these pages. These pages sum up for me my entire basis for my unmanageable life because I'm the one who makes it unmanageable. Self, 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 self. I can't even count or remember how many times self is discussed in these four or five pages. 
this to me lays out the whole reason why I needed food to comfort and satiate and, and, and just calm me down because I was taking on a role that was entirely out of my, you know, wheelhouse. I had no experience in being God except that I was part of my higher power, who I choose to call God, and that, you know, that was it. You know, I'm part of that higher power, but I am not that higher power. It took me so many years to get that through my, from my head to my heart to my life. Um, My will is the gift that I give to my higher power. I choose to call God every morning. Please take my will. In return, God blesses me with sanity, abstinence, sobriety, the ability to work these steps that never let me down, and to be able to live a life in sane and happy, you know, sane and happiness. You know, I, you know, it's not always easy, but you know, I have no other option to depend on my higher power, and that's the way it was meant to be. So one day at a time, I continue to show up and I continue to learn because, yes, again, self-will is really a rough one for me. So my will to control is huge. It was a survival technique, a survival mechanism that I developed a very, very long time ago as a child. But you know what? It doesn't serve me anymore. It doesn't serve God's will for me in my life. It doesn't serve those that I would help and love through my recovery process. So with that, I say thank you. I pass, and I'm grateful to be able to share today. Have a beautiful one. Bye. Thanks. Pass. Lynn S., are you still there? Harlan G. Hi, sorry. Harlan G., it's your Thanks. turn, followed by Kim G. Thanks, Lynn. Um, I'm Harlan G., and thanks to Team Thursday also. I'm Harlan G., I'm a recovered compulsive overeater in Scottsdale, Arizona. Um, it says here, he is the principal, we are his agents. And in the state of Arizona, I have a real estate license, and that requires that I have a fiduciary duty to the principal in any transaction. What does that mean? That means that I'm required by Arizona law to put the needs of the principal before my own because I am the agent and they are the principal. What does that mean here? That means, and Bill was from the world of business, That means I am here to put the needs of God before the needs of what I think I want for myself. He's the director. He is the principal. We are his agents. He is the father, and we are his children. Now, many of us had fathers that were not exactly ideal. Some of us did. Some of us did not. But this is my heavenly father. And if I'm going to pass through this arch to freedom, by serving God above what I think I need and want, what's going to happen? The third step promises on the top of 63. It says when we sincerely took such a position, what position is that? The position that I'm going to serve God above myself. Why? 
Because when I serve God, not only do all these things that I don't have time to enumerate come true, but the buildup of human emotions does not come to a danger point so that my brain will focus in on the sense of ease and comfort that comes instantly by eating an Oreo cookie. I don't eat the Oreo cookie. I don't trigger the physical allergy. I don't pass through the well-known stages of a spree, emerging remorseful with a firm resolution not to eat them again. And I will repeat that cycle over and over and over and over again. The mind telling me yes and the body ensuring no. But what it says here at the end is very important. It says here, as we became conscious of his presence, capitalized God, we begin to lose our fear of today, tomorrow, or the hereafter. We were reborn. I'm 64 years old today. Today's my belly button birthday. And in every way possible, I am not the person that was born 64 years ago in Chicago, Illinois. That was a liar, a manipulator selfish and self-seeking to the nth degree, a person who couldn't care less about somebody else that just wanted what they wanted and loved a well-catered pity party. Today I have the ability to serve God. Today I have the ability to stand in the river of heartache and pain and know that he is with me and that it will be okay. I have a better life today than I ever could have envisioned for myself and for 19 of those years, I have not eaten compulsively, and I have done so happily. And with that, I will pass. Thank you. Thank you, Harlan G. And Kim G., it's your turn. Good morning, Lynn. Good morning, all. My name is Kim G., and I'm a recovered compulsive overeater from South Jersey. This is the how and why of it. First, 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 first of all, we had to, had to, had to quit playing God. You know, we're going to discover here um, that the crux of my problem is that I play God, and we're going to find out the crux of my solution is to stop playing God. So I don't care whether you're an atheist, an agnostic, or a believer. The problem is that I think, act, and feel like I am God. You know, the 12-step program is not a self-help program. It is a self-abandonment program. You know, I still remember um, a special edition when someone said their recovery started when they went from yeah, but to yes, man. You know, I often hear people encouraging people that are in relapse saying, don't give up, don't give up. Well, I'm going to tell you right now, I want you to give up. I want you to give up the food. I want you to give up getting your way. I want you to give up control. I want you to give up your prejudices, your old ideas. You know, speak with the recovered person, define your abstinence in black and white. Give up those foods that you're going to barter, negotiate, and grieve over. And once you're abstinent, follow these specific directions. Don't add to it. Don't ignore it. Don't try to play God within the, in the steps. So let me tell you, my experience going through these steps specifically is I did stuff that I didn't want to do, that I didn't believe in, and the result was I not only have neutrality around the food, I have neutrality around people, and I have neutrality around circumstances. You know, my biggest challenge in quitting playing God is, is in helping others. Because if someone is still eating, I am instructed to leave them alone. It doesn't mean I don't talk to people in relapse. It doesn't mean I don't give encouragement. 
but I can't work with someone. I can't take someone through the steps if you're not abstinent. I owe you the truth more than I try to placate your emotions. You know, for me personally, that the um, story in the back that talks about life on life's terms and everyone loves that, I hate that personally. Because to me, life on life's terms is me playing God, me trying to get my way through life. What I have learned to do through these steps is to live life on God's terms, live life on the terms of these principles, which has brought me happy, joyous, and free. And the last thing I want to say, I'm talking to a lot of people right now who are trying to do step 10 while they're in the food or trying to do step 10 when they're just starting out in, in the steps. To me, this is step 10 is like running a marathon. And if you're back in the food, you're out of shape. You need to get back through steps one through nine to get unblocked in order to experience the depth and weight you need to in 10, 11, and block. Quit playing God, follow the directions, do stuff you don't want to do, and you will get the results this book is promising. And with that, I pass. Thank you, Kim G. Just want to remind people, or if you're just coming on the line, that we are on page 62, paragraph 3. This is the how and why of it, reading two paragraphs, ending with, we were reborn. Who else would like to share on these paragraphs? Okay, if we can just hang on a second, because I heard a lot of people at once, but who I got was Irene M., Laura Somebody, I believe, and Maura M. B. Lisa B. Nessa R. Okay, I heard Barbara E. and Nessa R. Let's stop with that group, Monica. please. Barbara E. Okay. Yep, Barbara, I got you. Thank you. Oh, okay. thank you. So, Irene M., I've got Irene M, Laura M, Maura Z, yes, thank you. Lisa oh. B, Barbara E, Nessa R, and Joe M. So that's our lineup. Irene M, can you go ahead for us, please? Yes, thank, thank you, Lynn, for your service. I'm a little sick, but that's okay. I needed to share. Good morning, my spiritual brothers and sisters. My name is Irene M from New York. And I'm a very grateful, recovered, compulsive overeater. Thank you, God, always giving credit where credit is due. We took a position. What position is this? It's stepping down. I made a decision. I took this position of letting go, of playing God. Wow. A lot of burden was taken off of me when I made that decision, when I stepped down. I'm letting go of an abusive love affair with my food and with myself to start a new relationship with the one who created me, and that is God. I am finally in the position to accept an invitation to be reborn, to be set free from the bondage of self. And then remarkable things will follow, as it says. What a promise, and what kind of promise? He would provide me with what I need, peace of mind, a peace with myself, peace with God, and peace with others. And then we could face life successfully because I'm standing in a position for the light of the Spirit to melt away all my fears, my insecurities, 
my compulsions, my temptations, my addictions. This new position is now establishing a new footing by becoming less interested in me, myself, and I, and more interested in what I can contribute to you guys, my fellows, to helping others, to life. This new position allows me to feel a new power that flows in me so I can enjoy a peace of mind. This new position, wow, I am conscious of his presence, and yes, I am reborn. Thank you, God. I pass. Thank you, Irini M. Laura M., it's your turn, followed by Maura Z. Good morning, everyone. Can I be heard? Yes, thank you. This is Laura M. from Missouri. Thank you all for your service today. I am a recovering compulsive overeater in process in Missouri. And being someone fairly new in the process, I am continually drawn to the promises because that's what my program is built on right now. And what really drew my attention in this passage is the promises at the end of the second paragraph and the progression of those promises. What really stood out to me was the progression of the sentence as we went through each phase, felt new power, enjoyed peace of mind, discovered just this progression. And what really got me was the last bit of it. Uh, we began to lose our fear. And, you know, just a day or two ago, we saw selfishness and self-centeredness as the root of our trouble driven by a hundred forms of fear. And I know that has been the root of my life for very way too long is a hundred forms of fear that I didn't even know how to see. I didn't know how to name, but through the work that I've done in this process and other impacts in my life, I'm finding freedom from those fears and um, I'm just enjoying all the promises laid out in this book and the promises I hear on the recovery on this line and I'm just I'm so grateful for the 12-step program and how it's laid out and that it was given to us in this book to be a guide and with that I'll pass. Thank you Laura M. Maura Z. It's your turn, followed by Lisa B. Maura Z, star one, please. Lynn, this is Maura Z. There you are. Hi. Well, and I'm so grateful for you to step in for me this morning because I overslept. I I uh, I've been needing an apology, but I did not um I did not speak up to share this morning. Perhaps it might have been Martha Z. Oh. Okay, thank you. Thank you. Lisa B., it's your turn, followed by Barbara E. Good morning, Lynn. This is Lisa. Can you hear me? Yes, thank you. And thank you. Thank you for your service. My name is Lisa B. I'm a recovered compulsive overeater in Greenville, South Carolina. And the line that I love is it says, when we sincerely took such a position. Well, the word sincerely means free from pretense or deceit proceeding from genuine feelings. 
I, I really love that. I also love the word position. It also means like stance. Well, my stance in life has been armed and ready, <laughs> you know, almost locked and loaded, ready to go, ready to fight, really, ready to fight, ready, ready to defend, ready to hide. And, um, you know, the line, there's two things that keep coming through my mind right now. One is a house that's rebuilt, like scrapped and then just rebuilt, a whole new foundation. That's what happened to me as a result of going through these steps. And then the other thing that comes to my mind is when Dr. Silkworth says, um, if the alcoholic is to re, uh, remake their lives or recreate, oh my gosh, recreate their lives, um, their, their power must be grounded in a power greater than themselves. So the foundation for me, you know, was scrapped. It was destroyed with this uh, program by getting first abstinent, putting like what um, our co-fellow Larry says, my heroin down, and then my foundation could be rebuilt. But, you know, when I came in here, I was ready to have my life recreated. I really wanted to have a whole new life. So um, the stance that I needed to take was one of sincerity. And that happened by seeing who and what I really am, that I am desperate, that I am hopeless, that there was nothing else for me. And that helped um, get more clearly wrapped, wrapped into my head by working with someone in whom the problem has been solved. And then I love where, that word remarkable. It means worthy of attention, striking. I was ready for that. My life was being lived um, in a flat line existence, dead on the inside, tombstones in my eyes, you know, and I just, it's such a horrible way to live. It's not tapping into that true place inside of me that got uncovered as a result of doing these steps. And that's why I love this page. It's all about the sincerity and the position that I take. For me, my position is on my knees, sometimes even laying flat on my back. Just take me, God, just take me. But I couldn't do that until I did all the steps because I still had that attitude that this is a power to be feared. Like, what do they really want from me, you know? So I had to do the steps, go through the work, not really feeling it, not really getting it, but always having a level of sincerity and really also a level of enthusiasm. That really helps. So with that, I pass. Thank you. Thank you, Lisa B., Barbara E., it's your turn, followed by Nessa R. Oh, thank you so much. Good morning, everyone. It is so exciting that 361-plus people are on this line today to hear this, these magnificent words. And I just have to quote, first we had to quit playing God. God was the director. I was just a minor actor. I didn't even get credits on the, uh, at the end of the film. The concept, this concept was the keystone of this new and triumphant arc. This keystone, as defined, is the central stone at the top of an arc or foundation on which the whole structure is built. And if we believe this, remarkable things would happen. Day by day, I never know whether to say I or we, day by day we try to move a little closer towards God's perfection. But we're human, so we must not be disheartened when we're not perfect. 
Progress is my goal. It's our goal, I believe. And perfection is the beacon of light out on the water that draws our boat, our ship, to safety. The chief activator of my defects have been self-centered fear that I'd never achieve perfection, which would lead me to procrastination. I had to be willing to be free of my character defects, of losing something I had, of not getting something what I wanted. I had to not uh, be, I had to embrace the joy of thinking more about others and less about me. Because as I said about me, the world all revolved around me. At least that's the way I thought. But I had to give up and surrender everything. I don't have to understand God's plan. I'm just here to listen to his tiny little voice and let his will for me take over. I have, I have to learn and evolve every day. And even if I make a mistake and fall forward on my face, at least I'm going forward. And if I can say it's a life lesson, then it's not a mistake. God loves all of us. I had to turn towards God. God would be that director, as I, as I said. It's not an ego trip. I'm not trying to convince you that I am as good or better than you. I'm just a bozo on the bus. And if you are new to this program, don't give up. Embrace it with your heart and just trust and surrender. Ask God for help. I used to ask God to take away my pride. And he always answered me, that's not for me to take away. It's for you to give up. And I asked him for things that I might enjoy in life. And he said, no, I'll give you life. Oh, thank you. And finally, I asked him just to help me love others. And he said, now, Barbara, you've got the idea. Barbara, pass. Thank you. Thank you, Barbara E. Nessa R., it's your turn. And I believe I also heard Monica M. So, Monica, you'll be after Nessa. Please go ahead, Nessa. Thank you. Good morning, Vision for You. This is Nessa R. I am a recovered compulsive overeater in Toronto, Canada. So I have been in the rooms of OA for over 15 years. And the first nine years, um, I didn't really accomplish much. And the reason why is because I thought I knew everything where, you know, in fact, I knew nothing. And nothing reminds me of that like uh, step three, you know, I thought step three, you know, I have to get rid of my will. Okay, I can do that. And I tried everything I could, all my willpower and all my self-will to get rid of my self-will. And, you know, it didn't really work very well uh, because self-will cannot get rid of self-will. It wasn't until, you know, over six years ago when I truly started, um, working the book, uh, the, the, the program, the steps, exactly as laid out in the big book, because I got a sponsor who really knew what she was doing and who really guided me expertly, that um, I realized that uh, in step three, I'm not um, asked to give up my self-will. I am asked, uh, I'm being asked to make a decision 
to give up my self-will. The step says, made a decision to turn our will and our lives over to the care of God. And so for me now, when I read these pages, these pages are uh, vividly demonstrating why a life run on self-will can hardly be a success in order to enable me to make that decision. You know, saying, you know, these pages are telling me the way you've been doing things for 45 years, even in the rooms of OA, is not working. you got to do something else. you got to do it differently. So make a decision to do it differently. And that's all I was required to do. And, man, I was stuck um, in this step for so long trying to get rid of my my will um of course didn't work i mean it cannot it cannot possibly work but once i decided once i knew that all i had to do was make a decision then i could move on you know and what is that decision decision is to do whatever is necessary to unblock myself so that i can turn my will over to the care of god and so this is simply a decision to to continue on with the rest of the program especially step four through nine, which is what actually unblocks me, and also step 10, uh, which is what keeps me unblocked, so that I, in step 11, I can actually turn my will and my life over to the care of God. Here, I'm just making the decision in step 11 uh, is when I get to actually do it, but boy, I didn't understand that, and I am so I glad see. that now I do, and with that, I pass. Thank you. Thank you, Nessa R., and Monica T., it's your turn. Good morning, Lynn. Good morning, everyone. My name is Monica T. I'm a recovered compulsive overeater in Florida. So here we are in the chapter, How It Works. And on page 60, we had the A, Bs, and Cs. You know, did I agree that I was an alcoholic? Did I agree that no human power and nothing I had tried worked? Did I agree I needed a power greater than me. And then we had a question below that. Just what do we mean by that and just what we do? Being convinced I'm at step three. What do I do? What do I need to do here? And we're finding the answer here. It says, i got to stop playing God. It didn't work. Well, okay, so now this brings me to the issue, this God thing again. Well, in this paragraph here, I'm being shown by the big book a number of different types of relationships. I need to develop a relationship with a power greater than me. And remember, Ebby said to Bill, come up with your own conception. And here I'm getting, so there's five different possible relationships here. All right, director, actor, principal, agent, father, child, employer, employee, Maker, makey. So I was told, come up with your own relationship that you need and desire and at this point and stage of your life, Monica. What kind of relationship do you need? And so I picked a relationship. And I was told, if you didn't like any of these five, come up with your own. So maybe a teacher-student. Maybe um, a guide-apprentice. Whatever you're comfortable with, come up with what you need for a relationship so you can gently lean into this relationship and continue to do the work. Because step three, we're making a decision to lean into this God, into this higher power, into this relationship. 
sort of helps us to flow into that. Um, and it says, um, you know, we need this. Our, 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 we need, we're building this arch. And this is part of our freedom here. Is this really, you know, this is what's going to be the bottom line. Working through the steps, working through this process, I develop a relationship with a power greater than me. And this power can remove the obsession of my mind. But I've got to work, do the work. So the big book here has given us some really clear directions, I feel. It's telling me there is a higher power. There is God. Number two, it's not me. And number three, that's all I need to know right now. Quit playing God, Monica. Develop a relationship, choose something you'd like, and do the work. And what will happen? All sorts of remarkable things will follow. He provides what, he, what we needed on page 63. Notice there, it's not what I want, what I need. You know, I've spent years demanding what I wanted, and that didn't work very well. And keep close to him, you know. Keep talking to him. Prayer is Time, talking. Please. Thank you. I pass. Thank you, Monica T. There's time for one two-minute share. Would anybody like that spot? I'll take it, please. Who is it? This is Penny C. Okay, Penny C. Please go ahead. Okay, I'll, I'll try to be as quick as I can. Um, my name is Penny C., recovered compulsive reader in the Boston area. When I read this, this is the how and why of it. The how and why of what? So I need to go to the previous paragraph, and it's telling me that alcoholics must be rid of self selfishness, and then it says we need to reduce our self-centeredness. We heard this in Bill's story. You know, simple, not easy, but a price has to be paid, the destruction of self-centeredness. And then it tells me in the previous paragraph, we had to have God's help. So this is the how and why of how we're going to get God's help. And as we've heard so many other shares, that, you know, we have to turn, we're getting to step three, where we have to turn our life over to that higher power that I call God. And we have to realize that God is the principal, the director, the employer. God is everything. God is just everything to me. Whatever name I want to I want to call him by is what I need to I need to live as if I believe that. And so I say many times, many times every day, God, I'm yours and I trust you. God, I'm yours and I trust you and it's the only way the only way I can for me get through some of the trials and in uh, hard hard days sometimes and with being grateful and God I'm yours and I trust you. Thank you. And thank you, Penny C. Thank you to everyone who shared and thank you to Team Thursday, Lori W, Melissa C K, Russ M, Mary B, Naomi B, and Deb W. Please join us for a second unrecorded hour of study immediately following closing. The share ID for today, Thursday, May the 24th, 7 a.m., is 11456. We will now close the reading with the big book on page 164, followed by the Serenity Prayer. 
Will Mary B. please read A Vision for You? Our book is meant to be suggestive only. Thank you very much, Lynn. Thank you for stepping up for service this morning. This is Mary B. gratefully recovered in Central California. A Vision for You. Our book is meant to be suggestive only. We realize we know only a little. God will constantly disclose more to you and to us. Ask him in your morning meditation what you can do each day for the man who is still sick. The answers will come if your own house is in order. But obviously you cannot transmit something you haven't got. See to it that your relationship with him is right and great events will come to pass for you and countless others. This is the great fact for us. Abandon yourself to God as you understand God. Admit your faults to him and to your fellows. Clear away the wreckage of your past. Give freely of what you find and join us. We shall be with you in the fellowship of the Spirit, and you will surely meet some of us as you trudge the road of happy destiny. May God bless you and keep you until